under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Hello, 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 and welcome to the program on this election night in Alabama. <gasps> the whole nation, nay, the whole world is watching. Even aliens are watching right now. And yes, aliens are real. Everybody is watching. And I'm watching. I'm watching all you bums who haven't gone to my Facebook page yet the Joey Clark Radio Hour and giving it a like. Because I've been getting a lot of feedback today. And if you want to hit me up, go to the Joey Clark Radio Hour Facebook page. And, and, and I'm, there. I'm, I'm frightened for you, Joey. You're frightened for me? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very scared. You, why are you mad at me? Because you're, so, you're, you're scared for you. You're not mad at me. Okay. No, 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 no. I'd never be mad at you. But, oh, and this uh, is the voice of Eddie Ford, and by the way, also Emily Hayes is here. Yes, I'm here. And... <laughs> Anyway, not I'm sitting Bo on the Holt's wrong house. side, too, so... I just have to say, before we get started, I'm here and not at Bo Holt's house, where I was invited to have a cocktail, and mm. Bo, I am sorry. Um, As am I. But we can all reschedule a Gilmore meeting at your convenience. Please tell Lisa we said hello. Should we sing him a song? Um, I only sing when I've had enough whiskey, so... Okay. Anyway, 84, you're frightened for Okay, me. so Emily's fixing to break out into a song, <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm I'm frightened for you, Joey. Okay. Because I, I saw your post this morning. I Which saw one? it as well. Which one? About you not voting. Oh yeah. And but I saw a sign today. Because I'm with the majority. Now you're you're in very oh much. <laughs> you're very much in danger. I'm going to show you this sign that I saw today. Vote or die. Your rights and benefits. V-Day, Tuesday, December 12th. One vote can make a difference. Vote to live. Um, there's a lot of ampersands at the bottom of that. Ampersand? Justice and democracy and Alabama New South Coalition. Mm, oh, the New South Coalition. Yeah, and if you call that number, you get forwarded to somebody's cell phone. I, I, <laughs> I actually call it. Oh, yeah. It did, I call it. You know what? I was making jokes the other day, but as I'm riding away from my house, I have to cross Huntington, which is one of the polling places. Number one, I see like two or three national network trucks. Mm -hmm. I'm so tempted to mess with these. They just need to go home. Uh, Get out of here, you Yankees! Get out! We don't like your kind around here! Somebody at work called them carpetbaggers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this whole vote or die campaign. Uh, is that the, not the most ridiculous thing is. you've ever heard? It is. But on the left side were all the camera trucks and the, the reporters. One guy in like a thousand dollar suit. And on the other side was an ambulance with its lights on. I'm like, did somebody actually, in all seriousness, fall out over at Huntington? It makes the voter die thing not quite as, you know, it's rude. It's like you could be in the middle of voting and die. That would be a terrible way to go. It would be wretched. be a terrible way to go. And I've been going through all the usual arguments like, Joey, you're giving up your voice. 
Like, yeah, because my voice, I love it when it's boiled down into bubbling in a damn answer. Whether it was at school with a multiple choice question or it's deciding the fate of the state or the nation. I can't stand that crap. That's not my voice picking between two yahoos. I've seen, not. A, I've seen a lot of people um, respond to you in various ways today. Yeah. And I haven't said anything. I will silently watch the comments and stuff. I'm like that Michael Jackson meme from Thriller where it's like, I'm just here for the comments. Like throwing the popcorn back. But, um, you know, it just is. it's my right to exercise my right to vote. Yeah. It's my prerogative to vote. Yeah. You it's, have a sticker. Yeah, I do. Because I'm really only in it for the sticker. Oh, and Clay has a sticker. As do I. Um, so that, I, I say that um, because you have a right not to not to vote mm-hmm. that's your decision and you know one thing that has been glaringly obvious in this election is that people have lost their way um from having civil conversations with people that oh. you disagree with everyone disagrees about something but to resort to name calling and mm-hmm. telling you you're wrong because you're not voting Joey if you don't believe in either candidate you don't need to vote I mean, that's, yeah. you've got to be able to go to sleep at night and wake up in the morning and know that, you know, you didn't put somebody in the office that you don't believe in. Well, and, and the buttery one of all people, oh, yeah. he commented on my post and he, it was a little meme, a George Orwell quote, and I love old Georgie. Mm-hmm. And he says, people who vote for corrupt politicians aren't victims, they're accomplices. Yeah. yeah and, and unfortunately, that's what politics has turned into. Yeah. Really, I don't know. I'm I'm not that old. I'm older than y'all are, but it has turned into a cheerleading contest. This is our guy. We're for him no matter what. Right. I mean, it's just like Auburn and Alabama football. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what, if if uh, Nick Saban got a DUI, Amy, Emily, Amy, <laughs> I almost called you Amy on accident. <sighs> if he got a DUI tomorrow night, you would find. A way to rationalize that and say, well, you know, he's never done this before. Uh, you know, he made a mistake. We've all, you know, had a couple of cocktails and driven home, and that's what the problem is. Or and that's what politics, but, yeah. you know, sports is something we enjoy. But it's not about choosing the best candidate, it's about we've got to win. The team has to win. And some of these commercials in the last couple of days, that's what it's come to be. Uh, Roy Moore. Whom I voted for. I'll just go on and say, I voted for Roy Moore today. But he's got, it wasn't him, it was a pack that came out, and he's got a commercial running. Don't let the liberals win. And they go into that deep voice. It's like, we win, lose. What about the people that live here in the United States? It's not about a a party winning or losing. It's us. What about us? Right. And there are no... I've not seen Doug Johnson say Jones. Jones. Uh, oh, Don he's, Don Johnson. He's not a Johnson. Doug Jones. Doug Jones. I've not heard a single thing that he said. He's not had uh, as, as far as media goes, no platform or anything. Oh, it's I've, just he's a Democrat. No, I've I've heard, and I crossed the majority of the state this past weekend. I went from here to Florence, Alabama, yeah. and I was up in the Shoals. And I have heard from the Montgomery Market North a boatload of ads where he's like, I hunt. I have guns. Yep. Yeah, I've I heard su- that I, one. You know, I support the Second Amendment and the judges that support it as well. You know, I 
try to practice my faith every day, things like that. But there's there's been so much misinformation. Um, and when you hear it enough and you blindly trust what you hear all the time and don't do your research well, and, and then you're going you're you're going to make misinformed decisions and you're going to elect when, somebody that doesn't represent you and so if you if you don't believe in either candidate as representing your values your interests and speaking your voice then don't vote or right. vote a blank ballot and say, look, Democratic Party, look, Republican Party, I'm voting a blank ballot because the two choices you gave me are crap. Yeah. And I don't are. think anybody should should be giving you Well, and I'm happy to say that I am odd. I don't fit in with the mainstream of political society, whether you're talking about the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. There are things I can kind of latch on to and discuss. Uh but this whole idea of y'all having stickers, this guy post on the, um, posted on the Book of Faces earlier today. He said, if I went and voted, I got a sticker, but then the sticker fell off when I was working. And how do people know that I did my civic duty, that I'm a good American? And my answer to him was, by your love. And I had another post this morning. I don't care if you voted for Roy Moore. I don't care if you voted for Doug Jones. I don't care if you wrote in Lee Busby or Ron Bishop or Winnie the frickin' Pooh. I love you. You're part of my community. I'm going to try to figure out a way to understand where you're coming from, and I'm not going to call you an enabler of a pedophile or a baby killer in the middle of me trying to understand you. It's just, it's toxic. And, you know, I don't think it's necessarily people accepting things. You made this comment, Emily. I think some people just accept this is what the team's doing. Let's go over where the team's going. Yeah. But I, I think also there's a, another thing going on. We saw it in the Trump election, and I think we're seeing it in this one. People are so fed up with the political process. They're so cynical about how politics works that they don't believe it. So all they can go back to is their team. They don't really believe in the process. That we're having some good faith discussion. Because they know it's not a good faith discussion. They know this is a blood sport. This is war. Yeah. It's team versus team. And so, why would you try to be in good faith? And also, there's a lot of studies that have been done. Where, especially, it's better on a state level, but it gets even worse on a national level. That your vote affecting the presidential election is, you have less of a chance of affecting that election than winning the lottery. And because your vote isn't worth that much in that regard, you also don't have much incentive to be informed. Because you can do all the studying and research that you want. You could spend your whole life in political circles, talking about it, writing about it. Your vote counts just as much as the person who goes, oh yeah. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll register and go vote. And Who do you want me to vote for, honey? Yeah, okay. I mean, so there's not much incentive to be informed, number one. It often is a choice of lesser of two evils, and I think it's because people are so cynical, so distrustful of the other side, that they are done with it. They're going to believe what they want to believe. It's, it reminds me of, like, toxic relationships. Where you see people fighting and you're not in it. You don't know the history. 
you see it's like somebody burnt the bacon. And then all of a sudden it's about something that happened 10 years ago and you never support me and blah, 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 blah. It's like, whoa, what is that? And it's just uncharitable fighting. So where I sit, I've had a lot of people message me that I'm so disappointed in you. From both sides. I hear it all the time. Oh, a non-vote is a vote for Roy Moore from the left. A non-vote is a vote for Doug Jones. Like, no, it's not. If it is, then I guess I'm voting for both of them. Right. And just the whole process, I'm so happy this day is almost over. And I've been watching this show called uh, Alone. You know, y'all heard about this show? Um, if it's not on no. PBS... I don't, I mean... I don't Antiques know. Roadshow alone? No, you might watch <laughs> That's Antiques Roadshow. That's every Monday alone. night for me. Thank you. Um, but You're if not it's alone. You got Loretta. And, and Irene. Irene. Um, but yeah, if it's not cable, if it's cable or internet, I have I found it on... Uh, <laughs> I found it on Hulu. I'm not sure what network. That's internet. Um, and the premise is that like 100 people sign up, 10 people are chosen, you're sent out into the wilderness with a simple survival pack. You can't have, like, firearms or certain, like, you can't have gasoline and matches. But you have, like, ten items you can bring, like a tarp or maybe a, a simple fire starter, like a flint or whatever. And uh, you go out there, and you're also trained on how to use these GoPro cameras. And you're put into some place in British Columbia, Canada, Vancouver Island, in the wilderness, alone. And the whole point is you have to survive the longest. And they don't tell you when you're the last one. And you're by yourself. I mean, food, shelter, make sure you don't get wet. I mean, the climate up there is a lot of resources, but snow and rain and crazy changes in the tides and bears and sea lions. and Couldn't do it. Oh, no, I couldn't do it as either. As primitive as I get is not having cable and internet in my house right. <laughs> and driving a 10-year-old car. And the big takeaway you get uh, is, number one, well, it's two big things for me, is how wonderful it is to be in society. Um, the division of labor that you can specialize. Hey, you fish for everybody. I'm going to make shelter for everybody be nice just to have two or three extra people to be able to do different jobs to come together and have a little community but and that's just the bare bones existence and subsistence like okay do we have the things to make sure we're gonna you know stay alive but a lot of people end up quitting that show some survive into 40 something days 50 something days and the reason they go home is because i keep dreaming about my kids i miss my wife so much i miss my husband so much uh, it's that basic human contact where you're like, okay, nature's beautiful, but I don't have somebody to laugh with. I don't have somebody to share this meal with. I don't have anybody to talk to at all. They don't even have a volleyball named Wilson. Right, and they go stir crazy. Now, if I was to do it and I had the survival skills, which I don't, I would use the camera very much like this microphone. I would tell a story over time. Yeah. I would talk about my own life, but I would talk about all sorts of things, make up stories about what I was seeing with the animals or whatnot. But it, a huge takeaway is how much people are social animals. We need each other. Well, and, and Joe, I'm going to run way off the rails here. Okay. But when God created man mm -hmm. and Adam was sitting there, he told Adam, go out and select you. A helpmate. 
and it says the bible says and this is where this is just my philosophy on life Mm -hmm. adam looked at all the animals he named all the animals he did all that and he did not find a a helpmate suitable and so god put him into a deep sleep took from his side and formed woman and when adam woke up he said this is woman this is eve this this is what i need i need someone beside me because you have to think about now as well. Adam was by himself. He was the only human being on the face of the earth at this time. And then he had a woman beside him. He's like, no, this is it. And he says, yes, for this reason, you know, the two of you, you know, you shall leave your father and mother and the twain shall become one. It goes right. through the whole, whole thing. And you do become one with people. But you can also... Now that we have so many humans running around on Earth, mm-hmm. and it's not just two, you need that relationship. So you're right in that point. But the other part about that is when you're put out in the wilderness and you don't see the goal line, you don't know how far you've got to run. You imagine playing football and saying, you're going to score a touchdown if you get past a line, but we're not telling you where the line is. Exactly. You don't, and when you can't, when you don't have a focus in front of you, if you're not focused on something that this is the goal, this is where I'm going to, then you end up giving up because, and you may be one step from the end of the goal. I mean, the other person might quit five minutes after you quit, but you, if you've got, but if you've got a focus that says, I can do this, I can withstand this for this period of time, then I can do it. And that gives you something, and you that allows you to ignore. I'm hurting. I'm cold. Keep I'm focused. freezing. Yeah. I'm hungry. But all I've got to do is get to this point, and then I, you know, win or achieve what I'm going to do. So it's very important to set goals and know what the goal is. If you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time. Well, and, and that's an old cliche, but you're going to hit it every time if you aim at nothing. You've got to have a goal in front of you. Well, and you have to keep the eye on the prize. Yeah, you need something. You need hope, something to strive for. And, uh, like, I mean, there's a lot of literature on, say, concentration camps. The people that last the longest are, well, number one, the people that can laugh, who can do gallows humor, make a joke about my arm that's almost, you know, I can see my bones and laugh at that in their own frailty, but also people that have faith, some sort of faith. Yeah. It, It helps you strive for something bigger, but... I'm also thinking of, okay, being alone sucks. From an economic standpoint, you need specialization in the division of labor, but also just from a basic emotional companionship, being able to share stories, you know, hash things out with one another. But then I'm thinking of a play called No Exit, where essentially the point of the play is hell is other people. And my point of view is that society is natural community is natural that you have these wonderful things that pop out of nature and the things that surprise yourself and other people around you whether friends and family and when we start defining community as a fight over who gets to control whom it tears that society apart it's <clears throat> to me it is going back to the animalistic part of us that the stronger wins yep. the smarter wins i mean that's what animals do i live on a farm 
you see bulls when you put them in the pen to feed them out during the winter that's what they do they fight to see who is the strongest physically oh, and these people them. out there alone in the wilderness are complete, competing with bears all the time and all sorts of animals are the same food sources yeah and and they have they have no relationships with one another they don't care they don't that's animalistic but we are I mean that's yeah, that is what we desire. I mean we want. To, why is anybody listening to this right now? Because they feel like that they know you, Joey, and they want yeah. to talk to people and they want to have a conversation. They want to be involved with other people, and that's what separates human beings from all the other animals on the earth. They're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but then, when I was when I was younger and. Um back to what you said about why are people listening like why do people listen because they want to hear joey they feel like they know joey um my step great grandmother and my step great grandfather i know that's a lot of information but that, that's my mom and papa mm-hmm. and i had known them since i was three years old loved me like i was their own so papa passed away when i was nine and they always had a little clock radio next to the kitchen that always stayed on wdrm out of decatur because um, I lived in Hartzell. And the only time they ever turned the television on was to watch the news, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, and that was it at night. And then it went back to the radio. Well, after Papa died, that radio was on constantly, not just, you know, she didn't turn it off when she went to bed. She left it on. And I asked her about it one day and, you know, said, you know, Mamaw, why, why do you leave it on all the time? And she said, because... Paul Harvey. That's why. Because she always liked to listen to Paul Harvey. But she said it was because she got lonely. Mm -hmm. She got lonely and, you know, not having anyone to talk to in the house as the days go by and stuff like that. And you can watch television, but that, you know, she's old school or she was old school and she didn't really like television that much, but she loved the radio and the radio kept her company. The radio... She could interact with it, I suppose, is is the best way to put it. So there's a lot of people that keep us on for company. And there are a lot of people that are dedicated listeners, and they listen often, and they get to know us, you know, beyond personality's sake, and want to know what's going on in our lives because they're invested in it, just like we're invested in them. And it's, it is um, so disappointing to me, though, that... You could have a conversation like the one we're having in the midst of an election day, and I'm sure there are other people having similar conversations. And yet, what seems to get the attention is the negativity. Like, for all the talk of community and politics is what defines us, I mean, how much does it help a local community, let alone a state of a million-something people, let alone a city, to be thinking the folks who voted differently than you are terrible people. Just terrible. And if you step back and you think about all the people in your job or at your church that you help out or you serve in some capacity or you've had a good laugh with, and then you find out they voted differently than you, if you actually know that person, are you really going to hate them? That is what has been the most upsetting thing for me. The visceral language. Yeah, is the broad generalizations of if you vote for this person or if you vote for that person, if you vote for the opposite person I think you should vote for, you are an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't want what's best for this country. Can we all get a grip? We all want what's best for this country. We live here. We choose to live here. We Mm -hmm. love America. We all want what's best for the country. Ultimately, at the end of the day, everybody wants to be free and happy and loved. So... 
how can you how can you look at Joe who helped you change your flat tire on the side of the road last night when you had no one to help you and he voted for Roy Moore but you're voting for Doug Jones why is Joe a horrible person now and would you have refused his help right. for changing the tire if you knew he was voting differently than you no you wouldn't have and if you did then you've really got to reevaluate your your life in my opinion i've gotten so so torn up over a lot of things with this election because I've seen people that I love and respect say those broad general statements, these terrible, hateful things, things that are not researched, what they hear on, you know, the, um, what is the word that I'm looking for to get people fired up, just to get them to an extreme level of thinking. Propaganda. Not so much propaganda, but just so much that. Vitriol. They just get so. Infective. God, what is the word? They hear so much poppycock. Word up. I, I used your word poppycock today. No, that's um, a good word. That's a really good word. Mm-hmm. But they just they just hear this stuff that just they get so fired up about it and they take it as truth. Yeah. They don't go and look up if that term that they're using is even real or if it's even a legal thing. Like I kept hearing uh, Doug Jones supports abortions in the ninth month. That's illegal. Like you, you pretty much everywhere. Yeah. You can't support that. That's mm-hmm. not something that can be supported. So, see, but then this is you, Jones playing into the language of his party, saying he just he what he essentially said was the the party line, which is keep the government out of it. Yeah. So I it's it's when you don't, man. If I don't if I don't fully know something, I will think twice about opening my mouth because what is that saying? Better to keep your mouth shut and let them think you a fool mm-hmm. than to open your mouth and prove Re- them right. Remove all doubt. Yeah, I would much rather do that. That's why I hold my tongue a lot. Well, and why people are reacting this way. Number one, I think a lot of people feel under siege. Like they have been told that everything you hold dear, like vote or die, all those programs you rely on, all the advances you've made, as you see advances in society, it's all going to be taken away. And all those traditions you hold dear and the way you want to live your life, that's at stake too. And it's winner take all. And so everybody's meant to feel under siege because really what's at stake is one guy's going to get some power with a hundred other guys. Oh. And what I start thinking about is a basic truism, especially in Western politics. Power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And a lot of times that is that is thrown at and I, Lord knows I've done it, the person in power. Mm-hmm. Like is the president corrupted by power? Is the senator corrupted by power? Anybody in some major position in the bureaucracy, whatever. Are these people corrupted by power? And especially what I'm seeing in the way American democracy works uh, is it's not the leaders necessarily. There are plenty of corrupt politicians. No argument for me there. But uh, power corrupts the people. That when that's how you're going to define your community and what Alabama stands for is a competition over political control. You're going to say a lot of things you don't mean. You're going to say a lot of things that are very uncharitable to the other side. And you're not going to be able to be charitable because the system doesn't reward that. The system rewards people promising heaven and earth or saying outright untrue, nasty things about the, their opponent in order to win. 
I mean, it's an old truism again in American politics that in politics, a man must learn to rise above principle. That if you go out there and you talk common sense, you talk softly, you try to understand people, you're going to get ripped apart and nobody's going to pay attention to you. And I think it corrupts the people involved in the process, and it corrupts the people themselves who consume all this political product. And it's uh, it's terrible. It's become a sport. It's it's, it's terrible. It's just a sport. My side wins, your side wins. And I wish there was a way we could have districts that were more representative of, of yes. local people. Like if we, the Swiss, learn from our federal system. If we adapt it with the Swiss do, where essentially they have a central government that protects basic rights, and then most of your welfare state, even like your militia, all this stuff's local. Like the size of Montgomery. If the United States became more like that, we'd have something like 1,300 states. So, essentially, we're putting people together that I can't have pass different... that on a third grade test. I can't do it. I mean, you, we are, I think our system is broken. It's why people are so cynical. It's not just, oh, elect the right person or the right people in the Congress and everything will work out. It is a fundamental problem with our sister uh, system, our sister. Well, I mean, you know. Yeah, I don't even have a sister. Where does that come from? Oh. Oh, my. But um, I will tell you what I've learned in the past year, yeah. and I've learned this for myself as well. I've always felt like I've been kind of up on stuff because my dad's always been, well, my dad was involved in politics a lot when I was younger, and he's always, you know, that's that's his thing. He yeah. likes to stay up on what, what's happening politically, and he's worked on a lot of campaigns. He worked for Jeremiah Denton, so I grew up kind of being in the know on that stuff and I was really surprised with myself in the last year how much I didn't know when I thought that I was pretty well versed in things Mm. Uh, like when I had the issue with the blank ballot and got really pissed off about that (laughs) Um, but I've noticed and then when these you know the allegations were coming out and everybody was just knee jerk reaction to everything and I read the Washington Post article and then all the people that had their opinions on it you know, you get to that point where they say their opinion and they start to go on and on and on about and it. And they say, had not read and the you article. Say, did, you, did you read the article? Because that question's answered yeah. in the article. Yeah. The people that are so easy to give their opinion but won't take the time to research the, mm-hmm. the backup for their opinion. And, and Emily, there's just there's lots of minions out there. And that's, oh. I mean, you're just walking lockstep behind one party or the other party or what your preacher tells you to do or what your parents tell you to do, and they don't think for themselves. I'm very lucky that my parents raised me to think independently and to make my own decisions about things. They're not going to judge me either way. And, and there's been this discussion. we got to hit a break here, and I, I now have the record of the day. But before we hit this... Um, and a lot of talk about is Alabama going to be the embarrassment of the nation and the world? Oh, we already or, are. We already are in some ways. <laughs> we don't, we but, don't um, want y'all down here anyway, so just go on. A question I have to folks, and this is sincere, uh, 2729228, and I'd love to get y'all's take on this after the break, um, is what is Alabama? With one exception, take politics completely out of the equation, because there's plenty to talk about in that regard with Alabama. But if you don't have to say one thing about politics, and you wanted to tell people about what my home state, where maybe my city, my land is like, what would it be? How would you describe the place you love and where you live and carry out and live your life? Um, I think that's an important question to answer, because to hell with all these political insults and characterizations. I mean, they're nasty ones going back in history. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite writers called the South the hookworm and incest belt of the nation. There are sheriffs who threatened to hang him 
if he ever came into their county because he said that. I think it's a hysterical line. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think, important to think about how would you define where you live? How would you define Alabama separate from politics? Because I think you'd find a lot of uh, beautiful things about this place uh, that people are surprised, especially when they come to visit. And on that note, the record of the day is... <laughs> Bert Packerack. Well played. Sweet love. Thank you, Emily. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. That there's just too little. Let's drink it in. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but everyone. Joey Clark. to the program. <clears throat> this song is called God Bless Alabama by Shooter Jennings and Hierophant. It's off the album Troy gave me for Christmas slash birthday last night. Maybe I heard y'all talking about Love Actually last night. Yeah. That movie's fantastic. Yeah. You, you, wait, you don't like it? You're giving me that sort of, like you're, you're oh my god, what, what did I do? I'm proud of you guys. Because it wasn't just we saw it once, and here's our opinion about it. You can tell how much you guys really enjoy that film. I love that movie. I'm a, I'm a hopeless did, romantic at all. It did. It was sweep in the kitchen, listening. I just bathed the cats. That didn't turn out well for me. And um, I heard you guys saying that y'all trying to do the math to see when the movie came out. And you're like, oh, yeah, we were like in eighth grade. I'm like, ah! Yeah. I, I had done graduated. You had done graduating? No, I'd already graduated from high school when that film came out. <laughs> I mean, the, it was 2003, right? That's yeah. A, yeah, so I think, it, you know, it came out holiday season of 2003, so I graduated in May. Oh, cool. Yeah, I had two children. <sighs> I love that movie, man. I actually had three children. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I think well, so. Well, it put me in the right headspace for today. It's like, don't get over your political differences. You're not going to like everybody. I get that, but... Just some basic decency and appreciate the love in your life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I mean, I know we're caught up in this system that makes us fight one another. I, I get no, it. We ain't. I'm not. I feel <laughs> like there are people from the outside. You know how much we disagree on different subjects. What do you mean by we? Yeah, you got a mouse yeah. in your pocket. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's I, I don't get that way. It's because my daughter, my oldest daughter, votes now, and she didn't. She it's didn't vote the way. It's actually a gerbil. <laughs> Instead of a mouse, <laughs> is it in your pocket? Yes, in my pocket. <laughs> For life. The, uh, <laughs> but no, she didn't vote. She actually wrote in Jack Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Here, we've, this guy's been on hold for a while, so you uh, kind of apologize to. It's Bo Holt. Uh, 29 minutes and 38 seconds to be exact. I'm looking at the timer. Uh, uh, oh. That's how much I love y'all. We love you, um, too. We love you, Bo. <laughs> um, I wanted to go back to what you said at the very beginning of the show. Uh, but first of all, I need to throw in an O'Doyle rule. We'll give, uh, agreed. We'll give you an O'Doyle rules. Of course. And, O'Doyle uh, rules. Yeah, no matter who wins the election, O'Doyle rules. And uh, uh, going back to paraphrasing what you said earlier, Joey, I don't care if you voted for Doug Jones, and I don't care if you voted for Roy Moore or anybody else. What I care about is that I'm looking at empty chairs on my deck right this second. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that's unforgivable. <laughs> Where's Jake? <laughs> Where's Jake? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, uh, he, uh, you just reminded me. He texted me yesterday, and I got busy and didn't respond. So he's probably mad at me right now. So I probably need to text him. I don't. He may be listening, or he could be doing family stuff. But well, I apologize text. for stealing away your Gilmore girl and gal, oh. or, and guy, and guy. <laughs> uh, we need you to make a, an appearance here one of these days, too. So, um, yeah. Lisa makes a really good corn dip. Just yeah, nice. Up. Oh, I love it's corn It's amazing. Dip. I love corn dip. It's so Emily, good. you're going to hate me. We, uh, we've been having our little Christmas festivities at work all week. Different parts of our division take different days to bring treats in. Mm-hmm. I've been feasting off of corn dip for the last two days. Shut up, Bo. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's that awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to. I don't want to get you off topic or anything. I just I wanted to call and razz you for a second. Well, Joey, this isn't I, news and views. Nobody's going to yell at you for going off topic. Oh. I'm talking. I'm hush, talking. Hush, I'm hush. talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bo, I'm, I apologize, but I also love you. Well, I, I, I love you too, buddy. And yeah, and t- tonight is a special occasion. And, and if I'd been invited. <clears throat> If I'd been invited, I would have changed my plans, too. So I read you. Uh, I read you. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I'm enjoying it, as always. Y'all are uh, uh, knocking it out of the park and having... This This, this is a good discussion. It's a, a very warm discussion and something that we all need to listen to and take to heart because yeah, I'm not a sports fan, as most of my friends know. And so I always get... I get frustrated when I see all the football posts. Mm-hmm. The same way others get frustrated when they see all the political posts. And I sit back sometimes and I wonder, my goodness, how can people get so upset and angry and hateful to one another over a game? And I think it's a little more serious of politics it as is. we all suffer the ramifications. But at the end of the day, like Emily said, if Joe pulls over and helps you change your tire and he votes differently than you, how can you you know, hate that person or harbor animosity towards them? Uh, and th- there's a lot of wisdom in that statement, Emily. Thanks, man. It really was. When so. it's not whiskey soaked, my brain's pretty good. <laughs> I, sometimes I think mine's better when it's whiskey soaked. <laughs> I'm, I'm still working on that right this second. So. Well, you you take it easy, man. <laughs> well, Bo, thank you so much for the call, man. You bet. I'm enjoying the show. Good night. Thanks, All right, Bo. We'll see you. Okay, and we have a very special call here. I'm not used to hearing a voice like this on the airways, but I think it's for you, Emily. This is Isabella. Hi, Isabella. Hi. How are you? Good. What you doing? Riding to my house. Riding to your house, and you're listening to us? 
Yes. Well, thank you. I like your cat um, comment. My cat comments? Yeah. Yeah, Loretta and Irene. I had to give them a bath last night. They didn't They didn't take too kindly to me after that. <laughs> Do you have cats, Isabella? I only have one. What's your cat's name? Selena. Selena? Uh-huh. Is Selena oh. a sweet cat? No. <laughs> <laughs> what are those? Okay. Oh, goodness. Well, thank you for calling. You can call and talk to me about kitty cats anytime. Okay. Okay. I'll probably call tomorrow night. Okay. Well, I I don't know if I'll be here tomorrow night, but if I am, you feel free. Call tomorrow morning. Yeah, call tomorrow morning. I'm here from 6 to 8.20. If you're not in school or if you're up that early. I don't know your schedule, Isabella. I go to bed at 8 o'clock. <laughs> Me too, sister. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a good night, sweetheart. Thank you for calling us. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, it's oh, just heartwarming. Em's got a new BFF. Oh, yay, <laughs> so sweet. How sweet is that? It's so heartwarming. Here, we got another phone call. Uh, let's just do it blind. News talk, you're on the air with Emily and 84 and Joey. What's up? Hi, thanks. I'd like to make a comment about all of the anger associated with politics these days. Mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, two things contribute mightily, perhaps 90% of it. One is the fact that when our first African-American ran for president, which I was very happy to see, mm-hmm. if you had any views that did not coincide with his views, you were instantly labeled a racist. And there were no ifs, ands, and buts. It was not possible to have any different view without being labeled a racist. And the, that caused a lot of people to be quiet and to mull things over in their mind and to resent being labeled for something that was not true. And the second thing is probably even worse, and that's Facebook. Mm. I grew up long before computers or the Internet or anything else, and people said all their nasty stuff behind people's backs. And if you had different views with people, you would just spoke to them politely and then talked about them behind their backs. Well, now it's okay to air the ugliest thoughts that you have on Facebook where everybody can see it. I have said this on these airwaves before. People will feel very powerful behind a keyboard because they can type out something that would never come out of their mouth face to face. It's easier for and and it's it's cowardly and everybody hurts, everybody bleeds, everybody breaks the same way. A lot of them don't even realize it. There are people that I actually love and care about and respect and admire, but I have different political views than they do. And they will get on there and say horrible, nasty things about everybody who shares my political view. And, you know, I see it because I'm friends with them on Facebook. But they don't say it to my face and they don't act that way to me. And it's gotten to where... A lot of people hide their true feelings. 
I try not to let anybody know what I think or feel about anything political. And and I used to I used to would honestly share with everybody what I thought and what I felt. And I think that I have very good reasons, very moral and just reasons and kindness. I mean, I like the things you've been saying lately, Joey, about getting back to loving everyone. Yeah. And I think I think the Democrats want to love people. I think the Republicans want to love people. I think they are both for the greater good. They have different ideas about the greater good, but they won't talk to each other about the greater good and how the greater good can be achieved because as soon as you let somebody know what you're thinking, then you're put in one of these boxes where you're just a horrible person. And what's not fair is that while you can share your opinion in a kind and thoughtful and respectful way, you are not guaranteed to receive that same level of respect from the person that you share your opinion with. That's and so, true. So you're gambling with, am I about to get into a huge fight with this person or are they going to respect my opinion as I respect theirs? And it's sad that we have lost the way to communicate with each other in a civil fashion to disagree on stuff. Like, can you imagine if if Joey and I got into an argument over crunchy peanut butter versus creamy peanut butter? Crunchy and it, is by far better. <clears throat> and it just totally ended our friendship, and we have to see each other every day here at the radio station. But oh my God, I can't I can't be Joey's friend because he likes a different kind of peanut butter than I do. That's you know when you boil it down to it, it's ridiculous. So well, you know what? That's actually incredibly insensitive because one of my very close friends is deathly allergic to peanuts. Oh, so you're making light of that, <laughs> see? Right? And yeah, then, and then you can then you can twist it into yep. epipens. Mm -hmm. Like it just can go all well, over the place. It, what it is is if you say you like crunchy peanut butter, then somebody can say, "Well, you want everybody who's allergic to peanut butter die. You want yeah. them to die." That's how. You're, that's how you're for genocide. <laughs> That's how ludicrous it's gotten. <laughs> it is. It is. Not everybody who votes for Doug Jones wants abortion at the last minute. Not everybody who votes for Roy Moore likes the idea of having a pedophile in office. We're putting these labels on people, and what you do is you put the worst label you can possibly think of and not consider... Okay, what's the end result? If I vote for this candidate, how is it going to affect the way the Senate operates, what happens, who the Supreme Court justices are? No, all you have to do is say, you're a pedophile, you're a murderer. And it's horrible, but Facebook, I think, is probably the worst contributor because we've all gotten used to the fact that it's okay to be as nasty as possible. And also the media, you know, ABC, NBC, CNN, yep. Fox News, all of them. But... Well, I've, they, I've got to go. I've got oh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, Bye -bye. you're fine. You're, you're fine. great. Thank you're, you so much. Your call was fantastic. That was a Thank wonderful you. call. Thank it was you for sharing. Fantastic call. I think call. she said it pretty. Yeah, she hit it on good. the head. You know, you can hide behind social media and say a lot of terrible, hateful things and not be held accountable for them. And it's stuff that you would never say to that person's face and that's cowardly and I, I go back to what Joey had said earlier I mean why can't we disagree and still be friends exactly. Emily you and I we disagree on a lot of things Joey and I have had many conversations oh yeah we disagree greatly I mean we're on 
the, the farthest end of the spectrum on things. But but if he called you up and he needed you, you would be there in a heartbeat. Hell yeah. Just like when I needed you to get that creepy guy away from me at that bar one time. You the barefooted shut dude? It down. Was... Yeah, the barefooted dude. Yeah. Yeah, but you Damn, be- we just wasted a whole show. You we should have talked about the barefooted guy at the bar. <laughs> no, you should have seen barefoot. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. Well, no, Joey we never don't comes have time. out. We don't have time. Joey never comes out. That's true. Yeah. He gets invited. He just doesn't show up. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Thank you, 84. Thank you, Emily. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Joey. Love.